Welcome to Gensoki Radio Live number 81 tonight. I am joined by Nano and DMJ. And it is another show. It is June 2019. What day is it? It's the 15th. It is a very special day because DMJ's number changes today. It goes from 654 to 655. Congratulations, DMJ. Yeah, I, I, I actually put it... <laughs> it. I'm actually I actually leveled up today. It is DMJ's birthday, so everyone wish him a happy birthday. Say happy birthday to <laughs> Thanks everybody. I actually am uh after the show, we're gonna go get ice cream and then go to round one all night. Oh wow, sweet. Yeah, so Too we're gonna, we're... none of those around where I am. I know, but you got something coming up next weekend in in your neck woods. Do I? Yeah, yeah, Summer Games Done Quick is actually in Bloomington, Minnesota, which is, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was on the East Coast this year. Nope. Really? It's, on, yep, it's Bloomington, Minnesota. You guys got Summer Games Done Quick. I think it's Summer Games is now always going to be held in Minnesota because it's cold. All right. And then DMJ, then the I, I got to point out, we're still getting feedback. And we can hear all your Discord noises. So yep. if you're out there, we're on Discord at discord.gg slash GR. We are parted on Discord. Uh, a little bit of a delay today because DMJ is dealing with these uh, technical things. I don't know what's going on over there, but we're still doing what we're doing. And uh, we're here for all of you. So thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, join the conversation in Discord because we'll be asking our community out there a few questions about uh, some things that have been going on at GR DMJ. What is going on over there? I can hear everything. I'm turning everything off. There's, there's a no. bunch of... It makes all the noises when you hit the... <laughs> I have to turn them off because here's the problem. You guys don't know this, but between this last show and this show, my computer took like the biggest just breakdown ever. I installed a driver for my hard drive and it bricked my operating system. So sadly, the last Windows 7 holdout had to upgrade to Windows 10. You were so the last I, you were the last holdout. I, I feel like I was the last holdout. Great. Well, so now you know what it's like to be a Windows 10. It makes everything kind of weird. Yeah, Windows 10 is is not fun. Um <laughs> I'm still learning. And this the funny part was the last time I took my, when I took my CompTIA uh, certification test, Windows 7 was still like the big thing. Like it was still new. So, um, learning a whole new operating system, two operating systems, is kind of a learning curve. Hmm. Kind of want to, it makes me almost want to go back and just redo my certs and just see what happened. So, I, I'm a little, I'm a little upset that, uh, that GDQ is happening over here because I know it's happened here in past years, but, uh, there was one event i don't re i guess i don't really recall if it was the last gdq or if it's going to be this one that's coming up that uh sean was actually going to be one of the uh the, the people like doing the voice things while people are playing the games give me a minute the schedule all i have to hit is find in so yeah and if that were the case then he's actually going to be within driving distance which i would have been really like to have known i guess that's yep Yep, I uh, got it. It's this year. Great. 
You mean uh, yeah. you, you mean this this week or next week? Yeah, the yeah. Hmm. He will be doing voice. On well, I guess. I guess actually, that still means he's going to be around. Hmm. Yeah. I should probably poke him. He's doing uh several days. Cool. It's gonna be time. Um, so he'll be doing on Tuesday, June twenty. He will be doing the commentations on Pokemon Crystal. Any percent. Okay, so kind of during the week then. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Friday, he will be doing the commentary on Octopath Traveler, which he was in. Uh, single story bid war. Switch version, not the PC version that just came out. I wonder how much like self-inserting he's going to do since he's oh, actually worked on oh, some of these things. Yes, he is because he's also doing uh, the Le Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild on Saturday. Oh. Any at two in the morning, just after midnight. Of course he is. And then Bobberman for second uh, a game. All right, we're getting every other word from DMJ, so uh, we're probably going to cut to something here and get that stuff figured out. Uh, but in the meantime, new music tonight from Digital Wing, Matthiola Records, Rolling Contact, picked up an album last night, actually. Uh, Alistair Mary Records, and even something from Komiji Records, if we get there, it's actually kind of towards the, uh, the end of the track here. All right, DMJ. So uh, <laughs> we'll work on that. And we'll be back in just a little bit. This is uh, coming up here. Something from looks like Tama Onsen after that's Digital Wing here in Gensoku Radio Live number 81. Let's go. 
Soki Radio Live number 81 tonight. We're joined once again by Nano and DMJ. Let's see if things are a little better on DMJ's front. How are things going over there? Eh, I'm pretty sure I've gotten it all kind of worked out. I'm staring at like six or seven different monitoring tools that Windows can give you. And uh, it seems like everything's working fine. I've muted a lot of things. But we're good. All right. All right. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully I won't have to... Uh, give you the boot i mean the worst comes to worst i could just swap over to my laptop and just have the laptop run everything and then i guess all right so i was looking at my show document and then i signed in and a different account and kicked me out now i have it back all right 
So, uh, yeah, a couple things from what was Digital Wing Time on Send. Uh, more coming soon. I know a lot of people are fans of Rolling Contact on the station. We don't have a whole lot from them. Uh, so, yeah. That's going to be something that's on here before it hits the station, as well as a lot of the other stuff that we're playing tonight. Because uh, the, the filtering process, the, the process of uh, getting the music and going through it and then eventually having it end up on the station takes far longer than just being able to, you know, throw it into a playlist during one of these shows and uh, having a sort of a preview for what's to come. It's kind of one of the things that's cool about these shows. You hear some of the newer stuff before it hits the station. Uh, speaking of new music, though, we've got some interesting news from a circle that we've had on the station before, uh, Higan Daybreak, and I think last we heard from them, uh, we actually talked to them during uh, Boston. DMJ and I yeah. and Zara were there during Boston, and we heard from them that they were attempting to get into this year's uh, Summer Comic Con. So... They announced on Twitter, I think, a week or so ago that they uh, were accepted. If you don't know, Comic Market sort of operates on a lottery system. The majority of circles and artists there get in from DMJ. I'm still getting feedback. You are? Yeah. All right. I'm going to just this. Most circles get in through lottery, so it's... It's not guaranteed. I'm just going to mute that. It's not guaranteed. And uh, yeah, so the fact that they got in is actually kind of cool. So what that means then is that Higan Daybreak finds themselves in a very similar situation that Komiji Records found themselves in a couple years ago, where they're accepted, they're in, they have a, a table or you know half a table at uh, this year's Comic Cat, but they, uh, they, they need inventory. They need something to actually bring there. So we're going to be in the same situation. We're going to be helping them out. And uh, I guess details to follow because we have yet to talk to them about that. But what do you think about that, DMJ? Do you think we'll be... Do you think we'll be Hold on, give me a moment. I'm turning on my push to talk. I'm hearing myself so much. Actually, you should not be able to hear yourself over me this time. Okay. My PTT is okay. on, so the only nope. time I'm talking is when nope. I'm holding down a... It's, it's even more clear now. That's fantastic. All right, well, so anytime that I'm talking, I'll mute myself, and when I'm not talking, I'll make sure that you can talk. How's that sound, DMJ? That sounds good, but uh, like, <laughs> like I said, PTT is on. Anytime that you're talking, and I'm talking at the same time... I can hear my voice clearly. I'm wondering if that's actually my mixer this time. Anyway, this is a this is a fun show. Normally we don't yeah. normally this kind of thing happen while we're broadcasting. Uh, right. So anyway, uh, one other thing that's kind of interesting about this summer's comic market is it is going to be a record four days instead of the typical three days that comic market is. And part of that's because they are only making about 75% of the venue available. So they wanted to extend it an extra day to make sure that they could get in a similar amount of, of people and circles in as they would on really any other uh, comic market. Uh, so... Yeah, and, and it's like that because I guess the other part of the venue is being prepared or they're doing some sort of work uh, in relation to 
the Olympics that are happening in Tokyo next year. That sounds really interesting because I do know there's a lot of companies out there and a lot of groups out there in Japan that are actually putting a lot of their money towards uh, the Summer Olympics. Like uh, I know uh, Sonic, Mario and Sonic at the Summer Olympics for the Tokyo Games, a lot of the revenue from that game is going to go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So it's not the, this uh, summer is not going to be the only comic market that's four days. The winter comic market uh, later this year, or at the end of this year really, is also going to be four days. And then next year in 2020, uh, when when the uh, Olympics would be running is also kind of near when the uh, comic market in summer would normally run. So they're moving it back to kind of the April-May area, I guess, during Golden Week, if you know when that is. So it's going to be quite a change, but obviously we kind of all knew this was going to have to happen in order to work around the Olympics happening. I mean, even in 2017, when some of us visited uh, Tokyo, we could see they were working on renovating things and getting ready. So the Olympics to any town is really kind of a big deal <laughs> so i don't know if dmj is still there there i'm dead still here i'm also, I'm also screwing around with my mixer to try to get everything working sure but uh speaking of events yeah so yeah. something happened here in the united states mm-hmm. what happened what happened uh e3 went down that's true uh, anything notable from E3? I know a lot of people were hoping for like a, uh, a a reveal in Smash. There were a couple of character reveals. Um, Banjo Kazooie was one of them, I think. I cried. <laughs> I cried. I actually cried. Um, no joke. Uh, I am a big Banjo fan, and when I saw the silhouette, mm-hmm. actually, when I saw the Jiggy cr- bounce across, I audibly gasped I was like, oh, no it's happening <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's definitely a thing um also so I, I know you wrote in probably more than i did during this but uh, apparently breath of the wild sequel is in the works um i think yeah it it's interesting because like uh they, they didn't really show much they didn't really say much they just said it's in development which really who knows like kind of at what stage kind of at what stage okay listen there's a lot there's a lot in that trailer that there's been little hints nobody everybody's got an like there's this analysis that people have done on red on the nintendo switch reddit for breath of the wild that is actually really interesting so it seems like uh so when breath of the wild was first coming out uh, the directors and uh, create uh, the development team were all sitting there, and they're like, we, it, it, "It seems like this game is at the end of a timeline. It's up to the players to determine which timeline it is." Well, a lot of people have now put all the pieces together based on what we saw in the final fight in Breath of the Wild and everything we saw in this trailer, where we're thinking that this is the end of the child timeline, the same timeline with OOT, Majora's Mask. Um, Skyward Sword like Four Swords Adventures we got all of that and it seems like we are now going 
we're now this is now officially the end of Skyward Sword, where Skyloft crashed and covered Ganon. If you go, because they're again, he's underneath Hyrule, and as you look, the actual castle starts rising up. There's a lot. There's a lot of like tinfoil hat theories on this, but the more you read into it, the more it makes sense that this is the end of the child timeline. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't. So I still have a game running of Breath of the Wild. I haven't actually gotten to the end of it, so. Uh... I can't speak much to that, but apparently if, if what DMJ is saying is true, we could see, I mean, I guess some people were speculating, like, what what would it be like to have a game that, instead of taking place mostly above ground and explores that land, instead, like, the landscape sort of shifts and you actually end up doing more things underground instead, or something like that. I posted the uh, tinfoil hat theories in general chat, um, but there is a couple things that we do know that mm -hmm. we are confirmed to know from the dev team. Okay. They said that this game will be as dark, if not darker than Majora's Mask was, which is crazy. And this also is being highlighted by the fact that if you were to play um, the opening, the trailer, uh, opening scene backwards, audio backwards, please saying something in French backwards, which is join us for Hyrule is ravaged, which is insane to think about. Like, oh man, we're going to probably see the destruction of Hyrule. Huh. That's, that's, that is a, it does seem dark. <laughs> not, and, not like it before. Well, they also, everybody's, speculating that what we saw was not just oh under the underground of Hyrule we're looking at low rule like what this version of low rule is it's not like a, a link to the past uh low rule where it's just like oh it's a darker version of Hyrule like no this is like what low rule is it's un it's the underbelly of Hyrule I've never heard of low rule but that's uh it, it, that's an interesting name for what that would be up next, we have something from Matthew Le Records, followed by something from Rolling Contact. Uh, that's coming up right here on Gensoic Radio Live number 81.
This is Gensoki Radio Live number 81. Thanks for joining us. DMJ is back to normal status, it seems, so we can have an actual conversation during this show. Yeah, I, I, I'm hearing him through an audio out channel. <laughs> Which means a whole ton of stuff to our listeners, but the important thing is you're here and we can talk. Yeah. About, yep. oh gosh, what? So, what else do we have here? You had something else on the on the games list. What is this Galaxy 2.0? Okay, so GOG Galaxy. If you guys don't know about good old games, um, you should probably go support them. Uh, it's run by the good old boys at, in Poland, CG product CD Project Red, uh, who are making the who made The Witcher and made cyber, making Cyberpunk 2077. Hail Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yep. Um, GOG Galaxy 2.0 is actually going to be the one thing that's going to save PC gaming in today's landscape. In my opinion, um, definitely something I'm going to switch to. Um, but essentially what GOG Galaxy 2.0 will allow you to do is not only unify all your game launchers, that includes Steam, Epic Game Store, um, uh, Blizz, uh, what is it? Battle.net, Battle.net, I don't know what it's called anymore. Um... You know, uh, bring them all together. Yeah, bring them all together into one master library for your computer. On top of that, bringing all of your friends to the same master friends list and be able to connect with all of them at any time. So if somebody were playing, let's say you're playing Call of Duty on Steam and somebody on Overwatch wants to play with you, you can say, all right, I want to play Overwatch with that goo. You can join game and it will close out of Call of Duty for you and open Overwatch without you having to do anything. It will all be accessible on one panel, one screen, and you don't have to do anything. It will be the one thing you would have to worry about. So no more multiple launchers, no more multiple storefronts, it will be one unified stuff. And on top of that, GOG will still function the same for you. If you are playing anything, anything through GOG, um, all you'll be able to access all the storefronts at the same time. So you don't, you can just go through GOG Galaxy and then go through Steam and buy the games. Same thing with the Epic Game Store. And it will make it so that you only the only one front facing uh, application is at is at your disposal. You don't have to go to anything else, which is just amazing. I love the fact that they thought of that. I wonder how they managed to put all that together. To be quite honest, um, fun fact: they brute forced all of it. There's <laughs> like there's no agreements. Oh wow! It's just all brute force. Like they could brute force anything into this. They were talking about it at E3. It was like, yeah, we have a couple deals with Steam, but like the Epic Game Store, we knew that wasn't going to happen. So we brute force, we found a brute force way to, and without violating any laws. So, which is insane because it's just like, oh, well, Epic Game, now you don't even have to worry about anything, uh, anything else. And on top of that, um, they also said Microsoft is also getting on board with it, allowing for the ability for game, the new Game Pass for PC to work through it. So you'll be able to go through Game Pass. Uh, if you have your Game Pass library for PC library on Windows stores, you'll be able to access it through GOG Galaxy. Uh, honestly, like I, I just I feel like there's just so much to keep track of. Like I'm, I'm getting inundated with all these passes and memberships and, and platforms and things. And it sounds like like on the other hand, this is supposed to sort of help with simplifying all of that. But does it really? <laughs> it's not really fixing anything that the at a at a 
business level, uh -huh. but what it is at a consumer level, sh at least simplifying your entire game library down to down to one panel, which is great. Because for me, um, if I were to go back to January, I had my Steam library with like 300 games. I had my uh, Origin library, which had like three or four games on it. I had my Epic Game Store library, which had one on it. I had my Uplay library, which has two games, oh, four games on it. I have, I used to have uh, my Battle.net, two games on it. Now I got rid of Battle.net because I don't play Overwatch or Hearthstone anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, that's four total launchers. Five, you count the, uh, actually, no. Five, because I also had Planetside 2 and Star Citizen. Oh gosh, So that's right, seven man. launchers, and GOG Galaxy will be able to take all seven of those launchers, bring it down to one. Even having the Steam web browser still accessible and the overlay for everything. And you'll be able to manage those overlays through GOG. Interesting. So you've, you've probably highlighted some key differences between this and what I'm about to say, but what makes that different than platforms like Discord, where they will sort of take stock of the games that you have and make them available through the games panel. Because if you don't know, like you can take your Steam games, it doesn't really matter what platform they're from, and you can just say, okay, I wanna play this game, but you do it through the Discord panel. And if you're, if you're already on Discord, which a lot of our listeners are, because we're partnered and everything, uh, that just seems like a really convenient option too, so. Yes, it, it, it is. But what this does is bring your friends list with it. So your friends from Steam and uh, Epic Game Store and Origin will all be accessible and be able to matchmake with them through this. So like I, like I said before, if you're playing Call of Duty on Steam and you have a buddy on Overwatch who's messaging you, and you'll be able to message through this too. So like you can message somebody through GOG Galaxy to your Steam and then back and even do the, have the have those features carry over like steam's group chat will come through uh discord's group chat if you have the discord's the disco exclusive stuff there's a couple discord exclusive games i know of that are indie titles and your dis and it will also bring discord in too i've also heard that the discord if you bought any games through discord it will also show up through gog galaxy hmm. so but it, this is mostly your friends list. It's mostly taking everything that you know about gaming and bringing it down into one part, uh, into one place, even including voice chat, which is really key and integral um, for people who, I guess, use Steam's voice chat to do stuff. <laughs> I don't know. My, I mean, who my, still does my, that. My counter argument to this is that you immediately went to friends, and that's another thing that Discord sort of has. It may not be from your Steam friends list and whatever whatever other friends lists you have, but I, I don't know, man. Like, it, it, it's a tough sell, to be quite honest. It, it, it is. It, but it's good that it's out a... there. It's good that you have options. Like I, I kind of appreciate that that more, you know, people are sort of moving in this direction where, you know, you realize that like Steam isn't the only platform out there. You've got other ways to play games, and and having them not be the go-to, uh, and having some way to 
do that where it's convenient for the user is important, I think. And so that's what these platforms like like Discord or, or GOG Galaxy uh, sound like they're trying to do. Well, well, the other thing that makes this a little interesting uh, that they were talking about is that this is going to be a rollout. This is not going to be like some sort of subscription service. It's just going to roll out. Sorry, I just smacked a can. <laughs> uh, it's just going to roll out and it's just going to be a big overhaul to GOG entirely. So, and on top of that, I think they even said that they're going to be working on some sort of um, dedicated um, dedicated stuff for like uh, Xbox. Because I know Microsoft is also in on this project as well. Interesting. So... It seems like it's going to be pretty neat. Sounds like it. Especially when you have more players than just, you know, the the host, um, good old games or hammer and chisel or whatever. All right, cool. Which is pretty interesting. And also, I think it even, uh, I'm reading through another article right now that announced the Microsoft partnership uh, that they're also bringing uh, Xbox Game Pass. Not just the PC Game Pass, but Xbox Game Pass to also DOG. But uh, they don't know into what um, what capacity. Okay. Neat. Well, you know, we, we mentioned some things about Discord earlier, and we have uh, something coming up later in the show, uh, probably a little past the halfway point here. Uh, we want to talk about some things that have changed on the side of Discord. Uh, so, recently, Discord released this, uh, the ability to boost a server. I don't know if you've heard about this, DMJ. Uh, if you are subscribed to Nitro, and I guess there's now two different flavors of Nitro. So there's Nitro Classic, and then there's Nitro. Or if it's Nitro something other than, or something, let's see. I need to actually click on someone's profile so if, if you have there's like a five dollar version and a ten dollar version two different flavors of nitro if you have the small version of nitro you get access to certain things that's cool but if you have the the uh big nitro i guess we'll call it big nitro because that's what we call it in other chat channels and stuff uh you have the ability to boost a server that you're on and what that does is i mean if you're subscribed to nitro anyway that's just kind of an extra bonus i guess but you can boost a server if you're choosing, and I think it resets, like, you can just keep boosting a single server, or you can change servers up to every week if you really wanted to, although I don't really know what the point of that is. Uh, the, the whole point of boosting a server is it gains that server and a lot of times all of its members certain perks. So, for example, if there are two people that boost a particular server, that server gets an additional 50 server slots for emojis uh, for a total of 100 if you're just a regular server. It's a little different for us because we're partnered, so we get additional emojis anyway, so that number is actually higher. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they get improved voice quality, an animated server icon. I don't know if you've seen any of those, DMJ. I have not, and I don't see any on mine. Yeah. Um, so the last, uh, there's been a few different updates of the Discord clients and some of them it's been working and in others it has stopped working so i don't know if that's a 
completely stable thing, the the animated <laughs> icons. But anyway, that's a thing. Uh, and then also a custom server invite background. So like, for example, when you join our server, you'll see a, a sort of a, a Tori. And that's something that we get as a partner perk. We've had that for quite a long time, actually. So now anyone who has this uh, the, a server or that is running a server that has boost level one, that is two people are boosting that server, gets uh, all of these things. And there's three different ver there's, yeah, three different versions, three different levels of boosting. Uh, level two, you know, more emojis, higher quality audio. Uh, you get a server banner, which is the thing I really want. And uh, another big thing is 50 megabyte upload limit for all members of the server. What? You, you don't have to have Nitro. You don't have to be partnered, because I have that perk. Um, everyone gets it at level two. And to do that, a server needs 10 boosts. That's 10 people. That's it. I want the server banner, but I'm sure a lot of other people would be like, whoa, that's a pretty big number. How, how do we boost? Because I'm boosting now. I want to boost. <laughs> so you have to have boost me. You have to have Nitro, not Nitro Classic, but the, bit, the, the larger version of it. And all you do is you go up to the server name and there's an option to boost. And if you do that, then the oh. number grows. Hey, so guess what? I have the full blown, uh, Boost and guess who's boosting Ginsokia Radio now? DMJ is boosting. It's uh, it, yeah. To get to it, you just have to go underneath your user settings, go to Discord Nitro. If you have that, scroll down and you'll find where it says and it's boost. It's very important, DMJ. It's tradition to say boosto. Boosto. Every time someone joins or you know starts boosting a server, just give a good old boosto in the chat. So thank you. So now we're up so, to five. We're halfway to level two, which is awesome. There is a level three that requires 50. Oh, there there's even like a little like alert <laughs> that goes off. Yeah. So right now I'm looking, we're at five boosts at level one. Yep. Uh, 10 and for level two. It looks two. like there's a boost cooldown timer. Yeah. So that is, you can't change what server you're boosting on for one week. That's the cooldown. Oh, okay. You can remove it immediately but you can't start boosting again until that cooldown timer is done and i can also gift somebody nitro that's true we've got a felt song coming up so we'll get back to this uh topic in just a little bit here this is the sun and moon uh followed by locus of control from blind emotion and we're back here on get so curious live number 81 in just a bit
We're back here on Gensoki Radio Live number 81. In my mind, I thought 56 for a moment, but we have uh, that number of listeners right now. So, we're good. Actually, speaking of listeners, uh, right now we have people listening from Australia, Austria, Canada, Chile, Finland, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, South Korea, Mexico, Norway, Peru, Russia, South Africa, Sweden, the United Kingdom, and the United States. And the people who are listening with us that are registered on the websites. Um, of course, there are many other listeners besides this. Are Arani, Su Tempest, or Su Tempest, Sesmog, uh, Shiny Raichu 94, Zas 2, Can't Find Remote, Chris 1, David with the 5, General Coolman, Kronto B, Ma, Simple, and 6A. Wait, wait, wait. Simple, as in the one with the one? Like the Twitch dude? No, it just, it's, it's the word simple, like you'd think it's spelled. I got excited for a moment. I was like, oh my gosh, simple. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Also, thank you to everyone out there that is supporting uh, what we behind the station do. Supporting the station, uh, keeping us building some cool things for the station, which we'll talk about later on in just a little bit here. Uh, people like Wanamingo, Aza, uh, Hoang, GCube64, General Coolman, Sesmog, Nozoner, Mr. Sketchy, Echi, Kagiro, Days, Rani, and Kisone. And a bunch of other people. Thank you, everyone, for uh, supporting what we do. Uh, as part of Lunar Spell 8 Media, Gensoki Radio is a project uh, that we work on as the people behind the station. And uh, supporting us gives you some additional perks, like early access to these shows, some behind-the-scenes stuff, and uh, other stuff like that. So um, it's the stuff I just said is pretty easy to get into. It's like $1 to $5. There's some other stuff on there, too. Uh, go check it out at patreon.com slash lunarspotlightmedia. We appreciate the support. Uh, especially because, um, man, I'm going to get to that in a second. But, uh, yeah, we've been working on an app for a long time. Um, for Well, I say a long time, but it's been about a month and a half-ish. And we've put a, just a ton of hours into it. We've put more hours into working on this thing in the past month and a half than we have, um, like, support dollars. So kind of a crazy effort. Anyway, we'll talk more about that in a bit because we have other stuff we need to get into beforehand. Uh, we were talking about uh, Discord Boosto just a little bit. I want to go back to that for just a moment because uh, some of you in our general chat on Discord may have realized that you know, Hazu is quite knowledgeable. That's uh, Hazuzumi. Thank you out there. Uh, he has gifted a Discord Nitro pass a subscription whatever it's called i don't really know to uh give to one of our lucky listeners so if you're not in our discord server it is discord.gg slash gr we literally could not make it any simpler for you to join our server and in just a little bit we'll uh, open up a giveaways channel we'll start that up and it's super simple to join you just react with an emote and uh then you're entered in and you can be one of the lucky people. Actually, I think we just have one. So you could be the lucky person to get uh, Discord Nitro gifted to you for a month. So uh, stay tuned to that. Join up now. We'll do that in a little bit. I'll just give people a little bit to uh, to join. So other than that, um, aside from Discord, back to Steam now. Uh, there are more official Toho games that are 
hitting Steam. I think we talked about this a show or two ago where, like, I asked, I remember asking DMJ the question, how much do you think these games that are going to be released on Steam, they're, they're some of the older games, but still, like, more recent, um, we were trying to guess what the price was going to be. And I think we ballparked it pretty well. So I, I'm just going to list all of the official games that are out on Steam right now instead of kind of hitting um, the ones that are recent. But right now we've got Impossible Spell Card for $10.99, Legacy of Lunatic Kingdom for $14.99, Violet Detector for $10.99, Hidden Star and Four Seasons for $14.99. It's the first one that came out. Uh, those are all available on Steam right now. You can get them and it is actually the developer, Team Shanghai Alistair, the official uh, Toho games released on Steam. There's also Wily Beast and Weakest Creature. It is still in demo mode, of course. That doesn't actually release until Comic Market, I presume. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the demo's out there. Um, if you can make it work great, personally, every time I go to that page on Steam, the demo button doesn't work for me. Uh, but anyone out there who has had success, please tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can try the game out. That'd be cool. Uh, um, yeah. I do want to put like a little, uh, a little bit of a sprinkle on top, uh, because I for completely forgot about this until you just started talking. Mm. Uh, Steam summer sales coming up. Uh, yes, of course. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the, the wallet destroyer, the, you know, is, uh, <laughs> be the, careful. Uh, this is, uh, these are leaked dates, but I mean, the same guy who's been leaking it every year has been correct. So, oh, okay. Well, yeah, so, so he's got some credibility then. Dang. Yeah, he's got a lot of credibility. Uh, right now, the leak says June 25th all the way through the 9th of July. So uh, I would expect those prices on the games we just talked about to drop for just that that period of time. Are Are you sure? Because I don't think I've ever seen any of the official Toho games go on sale on Steam. I haven't seen them, but I mean, I wouldn't I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Hmm. Because, I mean, I've seen games that go up, like, a day before Summer Sale go on sale. Okay. I've seen it before. Hmm. So, I could, I could see maybe at some point some Toho game maybe going on sale. Maybe not all of them, but some. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. Hmm. Uh, I've just opened up the giveaways channel, so keep your eyes glued to that. We'll probably start uh, something during the next break here, so s just stay tuned. Mm, exciting stuff. Uh, if you're going to get a game on Steam, one of the official Toho games, uh, they aren't patched. They're not localized at all. Uh, so what is one to do if you want to play a game that you got on Steam? in English or your native language uh, otherwise. Well, you, I think, uh, I think Toho Patch Center has been mentioned on here before. Uh, I've just kind of read through a few different things. It sounds like it still works with the Steam stuff. Uh, but one thing I stumbled upon while looking into this was this thing called Mystery Project. I'm sure some people out there probably know what I'm talking about. But like, for example, instead of, uh, I think this is Hidden Star in Four Seasons, instead of that, it's to the top of Monster Mesa. Um, so you, you follow, oh my gosh, um, for example, uh, Mystery Land prologues, the prehistory, <laughs> gosh, I don't even, 
Do I even want to read this? I don't know. Um, you get to learn about Melissa's arrival in Mysteryland. It takes place a few weeks before Mysteryland Origins 1. Uh, different scenarios here. What was I reading before? It was... So... Ah, please tell me more. Where where can I find this? Have you heard about this at all, DMJ? Like, No, this no? is the first time hearing okay, it. And okay, I'm actually okay. really, 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 really ah, trying to figure out. Oh my gosh. Like, is this the... Are they just renaming things and then trying to pass it off? Or is this like something completely like is this like an april fool's joke that they're trying to pull for next year so instead of gensokyo it's called uh it's the city of mysteryland america uh, mysteryland is a remote town somewhere in the eastern united states of our current time where magic is of common use and monsters of the shape of human girls roam around and make everyone's life miserable <laughs> only few people can freely enter and exit Mysteryland, because it's guarded by the famous monster hunter Rachel Hartway, who's in charge of the border that encompasses the town. As in, is this it Jersey? Is a literal is this Jersey? A literal border with checkpoints and fences. The rules of so Jersey. <laughs> the rules of Mysteryland work pretty similar as those in Gensokyo. Monsters still use power cards in order to avoid any killing and censorship, and everyone has a secret power. For example, Letty has the power to predict the weather by 95% correctness, and Ichiran has the power to distort any pictures shot of UFOs. So... Oh, so this is just the entirety of New England. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It doesn't really say, like, where in America that is exactly. I'm but, guessing! Like... Okay, well, so your characters then. Um, Rachel Hartway is a monster hunter. That's supposed to be Raymo if you haven't picked that up. Melissa McDonald's is the Wicked Witch from the Ranch. Sunny Day Samantha is the super unpopular schoolgirl. Iris Nightflower is the sporty waitress. And Spooky Sandra is the suave specter on guard. Uh, who is that supposed to be? A cool and suave swordmaster who lives with their teacher Betty in the other dimension. Works hard to someday become a spooky ghost. Uh, has great theoretical knowledge about scaring people, but her actual scares only come off as adorable. She has a Spanish accent, sometimes slips into French. Um, learns sword techniques from her great-great-great-great-grandfather, Rodriguez, whose special manifestation follows her around. Everyone thinks it's a giant marshmallow. So it sounds like Yomu, then. I'm... I don't know how I feel about <laughs> what I'm listening to right now. I actually don't. <laughs> It's just a giant... Myon's a giant marshmallow, guys. We, we discovered the truth. Um, yeah. So... Okay, so I'm gonna break it to you. This There's literally a four kids-themed English translation of many of the Toho games. That's what this is. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? There's is an, that what this is? This, that's what this is. So... <laughs> So, like, censorship and cultural changes, there's no mention of death or killing. There's, um, you can threaten to eat someone, that's fine. Only mild swearing, like, darn curses, etc. No mention of religious or religious symbols, so all of that's out the window. There's, like, she's not a shrine maiden, she's a monster hunter, if, you know, if you recall. Um, there's no nudity or any of that, but that won't be a problem with TSA anyway, because that's how you get through the border, right? Uh... <laughs> That's what it says. It's not my words. Um, some weapons are fine. Others aren't. There's no guns, knives, or sharp objects except swords. Swords are heroic, apparently. Um, yeah, most traces of Japanese culture in this translation are converted to Western culture. Um, and there's no alcohol. So Suika instead uh, drinks either like soda or milk or something. 
Oh, man. Um, and to wrap this up, because we're getting towards the end here again, um, the Hakurei Shrine has changed to a border checkpoint. It says, Welcome to Mystery Land. Um, Suika's, or Saki's knives are baseballs. Komachi's scythe is a fishing rod. Uh, Aki's rod of remorse is a judge gavel. I mean, that makes sense, right? That's, that's pretty good. Alright. So it is weird. Um, this, what's not quite so weird is Nothingness. Uh, this one coming up here, followed by Dream Again on the album Ignition Dance Hall from Alstromeria Records. And then after that, we'll be right back. Uh, giveaway happening during this break. So tune into Discord, discord.gg slash gr. We'll be right back here in Gensoki Radio Live number 81.
And we're back here in Insoke Radio Live, number 81. Uh, DMG, you around? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Cool. Because we've got a lot to talk about still. Uh, we're about almost three quarters of the way through this, but there's been a lot of stuff happening station side. As we alluded to earlier, we've been working on a rather large project. It is something that has been in high demand, highly requested by many of our listeners over the last several years. We are making a mobile app for Gensoki Radio. So DMJ, what do you look forward to the most in a mobile app from GR? Mostly, I am looking for a Spotify-style like and dislike. Like and I want to see the rating system actually be a rating system where it works, it th- throws songs up, um, into the playlist if they are very popular, plays them more often, and then works its way down from there. Okay, <clears throat> interesting. So it, we're, I mean, we're still like the app is still the radio station. That that would be a much larger like technical change if we were to sort yeah. of try to go to a more Spotify esque system. <clears throat> First, oh, I was, I was just, I was just saying, like, I like it. Dip- so, some, how, something that it yeah. actually like actively influences the playlist, though. Yeah, which that is actually a separate thing that I, I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit, because um, you brought it up. Uh, before I go any further, giveaway is active for one month of Discord Big Nitro, gifted by Hazazumi. Thank you to him. Uh, we've got about six minutes from now to hit a react button in the giveaways channel. Anyway, so yeah, so the application is something that people have bugged us about for a long time. And there's actually been a couple of different instances where on the now, okay, I'm just, I guess I'm going to throw this out there. This is for a, uh, an application for Android. Um, iOS is, uh, iOS has a, a, uh, a larger barrier to entry, I guess I'll say, because yeah. in order to publish on Apple or their their app store, it's um it's a walled garden, basically. Uh, first of all, it's ninety nine dollars for a developer account, and that's an annual fee, um, which already makes that a significant percentage of what we currently pay to to maintain the web, the website and the radio station and everything so that's a that's a difficult thing um (laughs) and then second like after all of that you have to actually build something that gets accepted by their team because it is manually reviewed everything is like quality checked your metadata has to be correct and all this other stuff so like i looked into it it's more of a complicated process and then above all of that the reason why we're not making an ios app at this point in time is because we just don't have anything to code that on. You need uh, a MacBook or uh, an, an iMac Mini or something to, to code on because that's just one of the requirements. You can't you can't code on a PC or I mean you, you I guess you can code on a PC, but you you'd still have to build it on uh, an Apple system. So it's just you have to validate it on an Apple system. Yeah. So it's and we don't. We don't have one of those, and I don't actually know no. anyone who does. So, uh, unless you want that uh, that beautiful new Macintosh Pro with the one thousand dollar monitor, mm, the, the monitor stand. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners have heard about that. 
the one thousand dollar monsters. Yeah, for for what is it, five six thousand dollar machine? It's already anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not gonna go there though. So we're making an Android app. I'm just gonna get that out of the way. Uh, so now that's out of the way. Uh, what this app's gonna be? Basically, an extension of the radio station. So obviously, the radio station's still there. You will be able to play the radio station on your app. Uh, wherever you go, wherever you have internet access, and you will be able to rate songs. That is currently working in the alpha build. Um, so DMJ, if you're into that, that's already there. It's already done. Yeah. Um, it's not a like dislike. It's the five star system that you currently find on the website, but it's out there. So uh, that's that's good. It's a good step. Uh, other than that, there's other sort of browsing features you can look up circles you can look up albums you can see the track lists of basically any album that you can find on our website you'll be able to look up on the application um, we also uh, recently tweeted about push notifications so if you don't follow us on twitter or if you haven't liked us on facebook or you don't follow us on instagram you can do those things <clears throat> you you could do those things but uh, if you don't currently and you have zero interest in doing that and you have our app, then the app can remind you, hey, there's a live show coming up. It's going to be on this date, like when we do the initial announcement. And then actually, this is something that I kind of wanted to ask the community about uh, for push notifications. Like we have our initial announcement when we're going to do a live show You know, for this show it was announced. We usually try to announce when a show is going to be in like the beginning of the month, like the first week of the month-ish, somewhere in there. Uh, so we would do that. But then beyond that, how often do you think an application should notify you, hey, there's a show coming up? My initial thought was that uh, the app would do the initial notification when it's also published to Twitter and everywhere else. Uh, then it would remind you like 24 hours beforehand. So like Friday evening, probably, you know, in the US or whatever. Um, and then it would remind you at showtime. So that's like three reminders. And I don't know, I don't think that's like too annoying, but what do you guys think? I'm gonna ask DMJ this here, but I also wanna hear what people think in general chat. So let us know. Okay. So my thought, it's an excellent idea because that is how I set up all of my notifications when it comes to reminders and alarms. I always have three set up depending on what it is. So I always have it like the month of or the week of, depending on what it is. Then like two days before, the day before, and then 10 minutes before. Okay. Do you and think, then, so actually that's a good point. So do you think we should have that announcement go out, not at showtime, but instead like maybe a little bit beforehand? Yeah, give people time. That's how I always see it. Give people time to, oh, hey, there's a show coming up. I got about 10 minutes. Okay. If I need to let them finish up whatever they're doing or if they're doing if they're doing something, like maybe even 30 minutes or an hour before, especially when it's a show, well, let them know. Sure. So like my my logic with that is that it's the application's letting you know. You what you can literally do is you see that notification pop up on your app uh, on your on your your phone. You can tap on that notification and it brings you into the app and the first screen that you're brought to if you're signed in anyway is the main screen where you literally just hit the play button and it starts playing it's that easy yep. so 
I, you know, I, I think maybe five minutes ahead of time. I wouldn't really go any further earlier than that, because then you start sort of risking like, well, I'm busy now, but I'll remember in 10 minutes, and then 10 minutes goes by and you're doing something else and you've forgotten already. Yeah, but that's just kind of my thought. It, you know, it sounds like some people in Discord are saying like 30 minutes ahead of time or something like that. So... Yeah, that's that's just how I feel. Just give them give them time ahead, and maybe even add like a little notification when it happens. But giving them an, an extra buffer time in order, like, hey, there's a show coming up. Sure. Yeah. Is is definitely something you want to have. Um, I do. Th I I was thinking of like other key. I want to say key, but like really nice features I've seen on other apps similar to this. Um, a sleep and wake up function. Like what do you mean? Like a sleep mode, so like you could set your set your app to automatically shut itself off or not hit play anymore after like thirty minutes. Like you could set it to that, so that if you're going to bed, just listening to GR, it will automatically turn itself off hmm. or close the app. Interesting. Um, that that could be doable. The... I, I know wake up is harder than go to sleep because wake up is like, oh, I just set it so that instead of my alarm going off, a GR just turns on like an alarm clock. Well, yeah, you you can do that, too. Um, the issue then becomes like if the application isn't active, like if it's not in focus, then you're yeah. you're going to depend on things like background services to do what you want it to do. Exactly. And that's why I say the sleep function is a lot better than having the wake up function, because I do know people that just go to sleep to music. Yeah. And I think that would be a really neat function. I know Spotify has it. Even Twitch has it now, which is odd. Interesting. Well, it, there's a yeah, I mean, there, there's a good reason for Twitch. I, I know some some folks will flip it on like they'll turn on a television channel and they'll go to sleep with the TV on or whatever. So, mm -hmm. kind of a similar thing for Twitch. Anyway, uh, let me break it down a little bit for folks out there. Because when I say it's a big project, I mean, I've, I've been, we put this off for as long as we have. Because app development is hard. And I've been saying this for literally months, possibly years. App development is just, it's difficult. It's more difficult than building a website. It's more difficult than maintaining this radio station. Because it's more, it's more involved and it's also, like, real development in in a way and not that web development isn't real but you're actually dealing with like hard you know interfacing with the functions of a piece of hardware and stuff like that there's a different framework you have to follow instead of trying to adhere to what your web browser is capable of doing or whatever so so in the first uh, not the first version i guess this is the second version right now we're up to version five so we're 0 0.0.5 it's an alpha version it's out to our alpha testers um so the first one i have for their uh, release notes for is 0.2 that's uh we put in a foreground service so what that means is like if you want to play the radio station and the application isn't actively focused normally your phone wants to save battery and conserve energy and turn off any applications that aren't currently being used. So if it sees that the Gensokyo radio application isn't in focus or it's not like actively on your screen or maybe you set your phone aside and the screen is off, um, after a few minutes you'll have like different 
sort of garbage collection processes and and whatnot go through and just clean up stuff that it thinks your phone is using that it doesn't need to. So having a like if, if you were to just have it in the application without a service at all, it would get cleaned up. The station would stop playing and you'd be like, well, heck, I was listening to that. Um, if you do a background service, it actually like a similar thing kind of happens. So it has to be a special thing called a foreground service. And so like once I figured that out, I was able to make it work. And now you're able to play the station uh, even when your phone has been sitting on your desk for like after 30 minutes or whatever, it's still playing. Um, that was one of the first things I made sure, you know, this should work because I think people expect it to work. So, that's a thing. Um, other things like how the play and pause button displays depending on the state of it is, is not, I mean, like, once you have it figured out, it's great, it's easy, but like, getting Android to tell you the state of a media player or like, what there's so many different things to consider, and it's just like, the, the, a simple thing is like, show this image of a play button when the station is not playing. Show this image of a stop button when the music is playing. When you go back to the app after not being there, or if you are opening up the app for the first time when the station was playing, it's like, there's so many different ways to get into, yeah. So there's a lot of things to consider. Um, there's a notification in the top bar that's there when the station is playing. It's not removable when it's playing, and that's just part of it being a foreground service. And yeah, uh, I guess moving on here. Uh, point three introduced the circle screen. It's populated with all the circles, so you can click on those circles and it will show you a list of albums. And those albums will tell you things like how many tracks are in that album, what the average rating of that album is, and the number of ratings, of course. So it, it's um, it's actually kind of cool. And then all of that sort of integrates nicely with when you transition from like an album listing screen to uh, the album itself, where you've got the album art, you've got a list of tracks underneath it, the durations and all that, the artist and whatnot. Um, it's a cool transition. Uh, it just sort of brings the album art from whatever screen it was on before to that page. And then when you go back, it brings it back. It's a nice, like, smooth transition that ties the two things together. They're actually two completely separate screens, but it, I mean, it just looks really cool. Uh, so, yeah. And I think we've managed to keep the relative app size pretty low. Uh, if you look at a lot of other streaming apps out there, they'll take, like, just many, like, dozens, it seems, of megabytes for what you would think is a relatively simple application, but in reality it does like more stuff behind the scenes or whatever. We've tried to keep this simple. Uh, we've tried not to load in too much unnecessary stuff. I think I think the it's like with every with every bit of functionality that you add, it adds like more packages and more things behind the scenes that like not even I really see. It just kind of you're able to connect with that piece of code and it works. Um, so push notifications, I'm sure, probably doubled the app size from a measly five megabytes to ten megabytes. I don't actually know for sure. I haven't built it yet, so it might be more, it might be less. But that's kind of what I'm expecting. Like it's not going to be an app that hogs the space on your phone. It should just be something that sits there and you can listen to the station whenever you want. So. Yeah. Ugh. I know it was kind of a lot, but yeah. What do you think so far? I'm actually kind of 
I'm kind of excited about it because um, the mobile a mobile app would definitely make listening to the station a heck of a lot easier, especially on uh, my phone at work because really I got the anime radio app, but like 90% of the time. I have to go back in and redo all my settings or find GR again because for some reason it got removed from my favorites or mm. something like that. And then if I want to go back and listen to a, uh, a previous show, it's just like, well, I got to go through a uh, Chrome browser and pray that I can download it and it's not big enough, too big. Right. Yeah. So um, this should just be something that kind of sits off to the side and hopefully you don't even really have to think about it. The one caveat with that, though, is that I think over time, once you use the application and you view more albums, it will cache some of the album art to make it so that you don't keep downloading it and you don't use data as much. But so, I mean, there, there's definitely like some optimizations I could do here and there. I, this is obviously going to be we're going to get a little technical no matter what. But like, yeah, and, uh, and I do have to say the. I, I, I want more phone application providers, not just us, but like all phone application providers to put the user's data above what the, they need. So like anytime they need to, anytime the user has to get download something that it caches it so they don't have to waste that data again. Sure. It's like priority in my opinion. Okay. Because data limits. Suck. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we uh, actually through this process, besides like coding in Java and specifically for Android, we've developed a handful of APIs to connect with on, this, on the uh, website side as well. So when we want to load information about an album and have it have that information be served from the database, which is the same place that like if you're listening to the station and you're seeing the title and artist and album and all of that stuff, it pulls in the same source, but it does so in a way that makes sense where like it's it's parsable and you can extract that and display it in the application however you want at that point. So like an API had to be developed to make that stuff work. Um, actually not just one, but like five or something. There's a whole, there's a brand new login API that is, it uses like secure socket layer and it it's, um, uses your, your Gensoki Radio account, but there's a, there's a, a login process. If you so choose, um, so you, you can log in on the, on the, on the application and doing that allows you to rate songs through the app. If you don't log in, you can still listen, but you can't rate songs. It'll say, Hey, you need a, an account. So, and <clears throat> I think at this point, I've covered pretty much everything that's in there. The last thing I worked on was the settings screen, and that gives you the ability to uh, enable or disable push notifications, which is actually like the last thing I have to nail down before I publish to beta. Get to that in a second. Uh, the other thing is there's a feature where you can keep the phone screen on if the station is playing say for example you you have your phone charged or, or plugged in or whatever and you have it displaying and you just want to have it off to the side and show you without having to interact with your device what's currently playing um, there is actually a slider that you can you can hit okay i'll keep my screen on and it'll do that by default i have it turned off because i don't think a lot of people want that but i'm sure some probably do so 
okay, so let's get to some questions then, because I know there's there's a few people who are asking things about the app and what it'll include. I know some people have mentioned the ability to look at uh, song history, like what's played, the ability to favorite a song, and to see sort of your own list of songs that you have favorited, or at the very least, uh, history of the songs that you have rated. Um, so that last one is actually available on the website right now, but it's not... In, it, there, there's, it's basically a hidden link. I can give it to you if you really, really want to see that, but it's not in a pretty format. It's just kind of a, a plain list. Uh, I could do that, but right now the application is designed in a way where it, there's not really a good like one place for just user information. Like, I'd have to kind of move some things around and yeah, so. Okay, uh, let's actually look at some other questions here. Uh, uh, how can I not be angry and salty? Oh, nope, that's not for me. Okay. Um, is there or will there be a previously played section in the app? Um, yeah, I think I might have just mentioned that. Uh, there is on the website, but not on the app right now. So I think for this first iteration of the app, I really wanted to focus on things that I felt people would want first and foremost be able to listen to the station be able to rate songs on the station be able to browse stuff like you know kind of similar to the basic functions on the website beyond that being able to okay favorites has been on the list for a while um dmj what what is the what is your perceived value what is the difference between being able to rate a song say five stars and being able to like I don't know, hit a heart button that, that adds it to a list, like a separate list. Okay. So here's here's where I I see that, because I'm a... Because that's the, the thing with me. Rating a song tells me is something I... Giving something a five star is something I say outwardly to somebody else to say, this song, in my opinion... Great. It is awesome and I really like it. Okay. Favoriting a song is more tells me myself like I really like. It. Okay. This song like so like there is a lot of songs where I would give it a 4 star. It's not a 5 star, it's a 4 star, but it's still on my favorite. Because it's still really good. I mean, it's not the best, but for what it is, it's really good. Uh good examples of this would be I know for a fact that not a lot of people like the uh, Seated with Liquor album. I know that because not a lot of people are into screaming vocals or aggressive music. Mm -hmm. So they would give it a four star. Sure. Or maybe even a three or two star. I would give it a five star. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple tracks on there where they're not the best. I would probably give them maybe a three or four star. Mm -hmm. But I still love that album a lot. And I would put those tracks on a favorite would you prefer being able to favorite individual tracks or entire albums? I'm going to lean towards tracks at this point because, I mean, I know this firsthand from, tracks. from filtering stuff tracks on, for sure. on the station that it's, you know, one one track on an IOSIS album is not necessarily like the others. Yes. So, like, and that for goes sure, for like, pretty much everything out there. For sure. Tracks, always. At every point in time, I always say start at a track level um, because 
there are a lot of albums out there. Like, for example, uh, the last Gorillaz album, uh, he, um, Humans. Humanity was such a great song. But there's not a lot of other good songs on that album as you go down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would put that song on a favorites list, and I have, but I haven't really added anything else. So might I suggest, like, you always start at a track level before going up to an album level. Though I do say at all levels, you should be able to rate um, a individual track, an individual album, at least, because, or at least take the individual track ratings, put them with the album, and then make like an aggregate number. Some sort of like number that aggregates all those ratings into what the overall rating of the entire album is based on the community. So actually, how, I'm sorry, maybe I missed something. How is that different than just doing what I mentioned earlier where we have an average rating from the songs on the album that represents the album? So like, we have a page on the application right now where if you're viewing a list of albums from a circle, it'll actually tell you this album has a rating of say like 4.6 with uh, like 70 something ratings. Well, uh, I was just I was just sp- just spitballing and telling you like this at all levels you should be able to rate, but only at a track level should you be able to favorite. Oh, so, I don't think we should so have like a favorite you should, album. You should be able to rate albums as well. Yes, rate entire albums because I know I know given that we we don't have all the tracks from certain Right. But we do have those tracks. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be very So that's going to skew the numbers a lot. Yeah, so the way that ratings currently work is you can rate a song, but it has to have played recently like really recently and you have to yes. be actively listening to the station so like it's a the, the system and this applies to the api and therefore the app as well mm-hmm. that verifies that a listener has actually heard that song before they yes. can rate it yes so being so so rating albums then i, I guess i don't see how that's much different than just taking an average of a user's ratings of the songs in that album overall and having that be their rating for that album on a, on a user well, basis. Well, you, I mean, you can do that. But what I was suggesting was just like somebody who has listened to the old, the whole album being able to, let's say when the track, when a track comes up, you'd be like, oh yes, I like this four stars. And then you can ask them, hey, do you want to rate the whole album? Or what did you think of the whole album if you listened to it? That was just like what I was thinking. I was thinking in my head. And I don't think it would translate well, but that it my in my opinion, over time, that is something we should shoot for, is at least being able to rate album whole albums as well if we got them. Okay. Alright. Well, I, I will I will think about it. Uh, I'm gonna play through a couple more tracks here before we uh, kind of head up to our last five or so minutes. Uh, We'll cover one last thing that we hinted at about how the playlist works and uh, I think 
it was Tempest that maybe said it some before or something like that, where you had mentioned that if you have someone listening to the station, you want the station to be able to sort of dynamically play tracks based on what the user is interested in or something like that, right? Or at least being able to do something in which, hey, a song that is in this genre is playing. Sure. Do you want to check it out or something like that? Maybe not as a push notification or like, or something like that, but at least letting you know, like, hey, there, these are these are new tracks that have been added that are in this genre. Yeah, it. It's possible. The, the difficulty is that there is no genre associated with songs. The exactly. Way that it, the way that it would... Well, uh, here, I'll, I'll talk more about that after this break here, because, uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, we've got a song, another one from Elstrom Radio Records, Sol at Luna. After that is something from Blossoming Dance Floor. I don't think we've played this particular song before on here. Maybe we have, but we'll see. So we'll get into this. Uh, be back in... Just about eight or so minutes here in Gitsoki Radio Live number 81. Thank you. 
du gern schaust, wie weit willst du gehen, um den Schmerz zu verbergen? Siehst du nicht, wohin dich dein Wahnsinn führen würde? Ich reif, deine Hand, sie ist kalt, ich vermisse dich, lass uns an den Ort, wo du existierst. Bist du wohl, doch du ziehst vorbei, lass mich stehen, ich zerbrech an den Spuren, die du in mir Security Live number 81. DMJ has left me to my own devices, so here I am. And uh, we've got just one more thing to cover before we end the show tonight. Just take care of this real quick here. Alrighty. And we'll get back into some of this. Alright. So, uh, DMJ had mentioned, and he's not here anymore, he had to take off. He had plans after the show, and uh, apparently weather's getting worse down there. So, uh, but there was mention of this sort of extra thing beyond the app. It has more to do with a core function of the station itself, actually, and something that I've kind of mentioned off the cuff in our Discord chat. Uh, I know Tempest and I have talked about it briefly. It has to do with how the playlist is built on the station. So currently, uh, it's kind of funny, actually, but also true. The... The, the wiki article for, I think it's like the Toho wiki or whatever, uh, lists Gensoki Radio as a station that essentially plays from an automated playlist. Um, also mentions that I may or may not be a robot, pay no attention to Lunarbot over there. Um, that's not me. But instead of playing from an automated playlist that is just sort of 
set and forget. Like it, it basically all, what it does is periodically it's a playlist that will update every uh, say half a week or so, every week or something like that. Let's just say it's a week to simplify it. So every week a script runs, it generates a new playlist, and then the station starts playing from that. So it's not based on anything other than the music that's currently available, and that's basically it. Uh, ratings don't actually influence what gets put into the playlist as much as a lot of people want to think that it just doesn't have any influence whatsoever. Ratings are more for the people, I guess. So like people like me can see ratings overall and see what people like, what people dislike, what kind of songs should I add more of, and what songs should I get rid of because people obviously don't like that song being on the station or whatever. So it's it's a way to just sort of get all of that information uh, as a as a person, as a human. But what would be cooler? I guess some some people DMJ brought it up. I've mentioned it before. Is if we had a system that actually takes well, I guess okay. So you could think of it like, what if the station actually looks at listener ratings and then generates the same kind of playlist on that same sort of week by week schedule uh, instead of completely randomly. Well, we could do that, but you still have the same problem of we don't know when, like, who is listening when, so it's just kind of like a, you hope everyone li likes the material that's been chosen on the playlist at that given time. So I'd like to take this a step further and have it be dependent more so on who is actually listening. So what I mean by this is if you have say 20 listeners that have accounts and 20 people that have rated songs and they have some sort of preference that we can take a look and say okay th these people like these songs we can take a look at the greater amount of ratings in the in like you know sort of the station wide and kind of figure out uh in lieu of having things like genres which we don't have genres for specific uh, songs or specific albums or anything like that. What we can do instead is we can sort of put songs into rating groups. If a person rated this song five stars or four stars or whatever, they, they rated it highly, generally, uh, then we can sort of say, well, they'll probably also like this other song. Um, I, some of you might remember a time when the, the website had a section for recommended songs, and this is essentially how it worked, is it looked at ratings, and then it, based on those ratings, formulated, it figured out what songs would people like to hear, like, what songs would you specifically like to hear, and then it put that in your list, so, yeah, it also wasn't really the most... I guess, dynamic list, because a lot of times you'd sort of get siloed into the same sort of songs, but then, anyway. So, taking from a greater pool of people, we could say, okay, uh, generally this group, or there are some people here that like these kinds of songs. So instead of populating the playlist like once a week, we populate it like once every 20 minutes, half an hour, 10 minutes, every song. It kind of depends, really, uh, on what ends up being possible or, I guess, practical. And that it it's interesting, because this kind of system was not feasible 
until we figured out a long-running problem, and this might sound unrelated, where the station would stop reporting accurate song information. If you were listening on, say, Winamp or Fubar or just some other application that directly pulled from the station, um, and it didn't look at what the website said uh, as for what song was playing, or it didn't look at the API for what song was playing, because we had sort of this way to detect when the server would fall into that state where it would stop reporting accurate song data and then it would instead pull from a database where we knew what the playlist was and we could say okay at this given time it should be this song and we have a couple of added checks in there and it figures okay well so it was right most of the time if you looked at the api or the website or whatever but if you were just listening directly to the station via the url or whatever it would be wrong during those times we i think earlier this year or fairly recently anyway figured out what that problem was and we fixed it and i don't I, we haven't confirmed it's 100 percent fixed but like it's literally out of like you know a, a grouping of greater than a thousand songs i think there may be two songs that we're not quite sure of but all the other ones are fine so i can confidently say like it's over 99 percent uh accurate at this point if you're listening directly to the station which is awesome and so because of that, we don't have to have this sort of like weird fallback thing where we have to figure out what song is actually playing. Uh, the reason that's related is because now we can tell the station, I want this song to play now, or we can look at it and figure out uh, sort of on a more or less real-time basis what who's listening and what songs they might like and what the station should then, as sort of a reaction to that, play. And the result of it, after all that said and done, if that made no sense, is that the station should play songs that the majority of current listeners like, based on what registered users have rated. And that will only really work if you're listening and you've registered an account and you've rated at least one song so that it has at least some idea of a song or a grouping of songs that you like. It only takes one song rating to tap into sort of that that greater list of well you know if, if you liked this particular song from felt then you might also like this song from atra electrock or something like that so like it'll be able to figure it out on relatively little information and having a station that's sort of reactionary like that i think overall would result in uh probably higher song ratings overall uh, hopefully. I, I think people would generally find that the station plays music that they're more interested in at that time. So, And I think that would be really cool. Uh, so, all the technical stuff aside, what do you guys think? Would it be cool to have a station set up like that, that actually figures out what current listeners would like and plays better music. I, I, this is kind of a dumb question because I'm pretty sure most people would say, yeah, that's kind of cool. The only potential caveat to that is like, well, what about song discovery? What about music that I don't know I like or that the system doesn't know that you might like? Or maybe it's wrong about something. So I think every now and then you'd, you'd have to throw in a wild card or something to, to be able to show people maybe music that's slightly outside of their um, known interest group or known songs that the system kind of figures well current listeners will probably like this stuff so that's what i got 
we're running a little over time, but thanks for listening to my uh, my last bit here. That's my my final thoughts for what might be happening to the station after this mobile application gets out. Uh, by the way, on that note, the beta will be published basically after I figure out this one last thing I'm working on with uh, push notifications. I want to be able to let people disable them if they really want. Uh, right now, push notifications are working, but I'm having trouble trying to figure out how to get them to turn off. If the user doesn't want them, then that, you know. Um, otherwise, if that's too difficult, then I guess I'll release the first beta without the option to turn them off. And uh, <laughs> it might not be the best option, but it'll be out there. And honestly, like, we don't want to make push notifications like super intrusive or anything like that. So it's... Anyway, um, yeah, that's what I got for this show. Uh, congratulations to David with the five out there for getting Nitro. He was the winner of the uh, giveaway from Hazuzumi. Thank you again, Hazu. And uh, yeah, so that's it for live number 81 tonight. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can look forward to the app. You can actually put your name on a list. I think that list is in the info channel on Discord if you want to be a beta tester for the first version of the app. And then after that, at some point in time, I'm hoping before the end of this month, uh, which is actually pretty soon here, you know, it's a, a two or three weeks out or, or so, the app should be available to everyone provided everything goes well and nothing catastrophic happens. So that's what I got. Live number 81, this is uh, Lunar Spotlight here for DMJ and Nano, neither of which are currently with me at this moment. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.